Today's first scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am, all, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Share that Linus is um, playing the piano because we weren't sure how, what the flooding situation was going to be down in Hanover Hall. We prepared for the worst. So what happens is there's an intake area, so the air intake for the organ is down there, and so if there's lots of moisture and water, that's not good for pipes. So thank you, Linus, for being flexible and playing the piano. Our second scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And I invite you to actively listen or to read along in your pew Bibles. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran, and he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah and Shechem at the time of the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel and the rest on Ai in the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. The word of the Lord. This week, I met Steve. Steve is the current tenant of my future house, new house. Jamie Lynn and I are moving to a new house together. He's moving out and he's moving in his second retirement to live on the beach in North Carolina. 
I said, I hope it's still there. Knowing that hurricane flow was quickly approaching. And he joked back and said, yeah, me too. I have to admit, I don't get those crazy people who love the beach so much that they build their homes there, knowing that it is just a matter of time before a storm will come. It's not a matter of if, but when. When they will have to build, board up their homes and deal with the stress of wondering what Mother Nature will do in her fury. And every time a storm comes causing destruction, there they are, always ready to rebuild again. Even though it doesn't make sense, knowing it will happen again. Even before that horrific Hurricane Katrina, I thought it was crazy, and by crazy, I mean foolish and stupid. What is this? Is this okay? That people would literally choose to live in a bowl next to a body of water. And after Katrina, I thought it was crazy that people would choose to rebuild. Why? Why would people choose to build a life in a place where there is so much risk? Is it the power of the sunrise or the sunset? Is it the peacefulness of the water? The ability to rest in a different frame of time? Is it the beauty? Is it the mystery of promises that a particular place holds? What is it about a place that calls people to leave all the comforts that they know for a full life of the unknown, of risk? The story today is a key story for the rest of the Hebrew Bible. It is the grounding for which all other stories are built. It is the birthplace of the covenant between God and God's people. It is the story of two people, later to be known as Abraham and Sarah, that leave the comforts of what they know for a life of unknown risk. The call comes from nowhere. Abraham has done nothing particularly noteworthy. I can imagine such a call left him wondering, why me? But then life often leaves us asking that question. Why me? It is the scandal of election to which there is usually no answer. Then there's the flip side. It's usually really nice to be called, to be elected. It validates us. One, while it might be nice to say, I'm being called to do something, and in this case for God, the next thought might be that, hey, maybe there's something in this for me. Maybe people might look at me with a little bit more respect, or you might be gaining power and position. 
or maybe be loved more because of this new opportunity. I mean, God names some great things that will happen to Abraham if he chooses to follow God. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. The promise might sound good, like the beach sounds really good, a good place to live until there is a hurricane. But what's important to remember is that the Hebrew Bible was a kinship society. You lived and you moved and you had your being and purpose by being a part of a tribe, a clan, and most importantly, your father's house where you and your parents and your grandparents all lived together. So to be called to leave your land, your kindred, your father's house, to become a sojourner and resident alien, no one would want to do this especially at such an old age, without children. Accepting this call is absolutely nonsensical. But Abraham and Sarah go. They accept the call. We don't know their motivations. We can put Abraham on a pedestal now, but... We should also entertain the historical Abram, maybe the human Abraham. I can imagine Abraham, upon hearing God's promise, I will make you a great nation, and thinking, okay, nation? Nation equals power. Power equals money and security. Okay, I'm in. And, uh, and you will be a blessing? And thinking, all right, God's blessing. It's a good thing. Abraham does what is asked. As humans, we tend to create narratives to fill in the blank space. As humans, we aren't always good with blank spaces, with the unknown. We get a little or a lot uncomfortable. So we fill voids. We fill silence with noise. We fill partially empty stomachs with food. We fill emptiness with material possessions. We set expectations to fulfill our own prophecy. We fill in the gaps to create the story that we want to hear. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a human thing. But the story we create can also be one-dimensional. And not at all what we imagine we could live into. The truth is Abraham is called to do some pretty tough stuff to sacrifice his son Isaac, 
to which God does intervene at the 11th hour, but still must have caused some deep psychological trauma. And at the end of Abraham's life, the only descendants he has is Isaac, and the only land he owns is the burial plot that he buys for his wife, Sarah. I wonder what story Abraham told himself to fill the blank space that appeared as an unfulfilled promises of God. The promise of a great nation, the promise of being a blessing, of making Abraham's name great, are promises that are not immediately fulfilled. But they are fulfilled in future generations. And they continue to be fulfilled through us. This is the story of how one chose to risk and to follow God. This is a story of how following that call and moving through that risk shaped an entire people. This call story is the beginnings of a relationship between God and God's people. This is a story of how humans encountered and experienced God. This is the foundation of our faith story and the faith story of Judaism and Islam. This is the story that reminds us that our kinship, our true tribe, our clan is bigger and broader than we had imagined. That God calls us not to be isolated individuals, but that our lives are instrumental in forming a future for others. This is a faith story that tells us that the blessings continue. That our lives are for something greater than ourselves. To be a blessing to others. This is a faith story where we, that we are rooted in. Where we remember that we belong wherever God calls us. 